Welcome once again to the Irish NFL Podcast. Um, I'm Mark Cockrell, a fan of the ever-present New England Patriots, and I'm joined as always by my two good buddies, Brian O'Leary, a fan of the annoying New York Giants. Good afternoon, Mark. Good afternoon, Brian. And Gordon Bridgefield, a fan of many, many, many teams, but predominantly the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mark, how you get done? Not too bad, Gordon, not too bad. Well, gents, it's around that time again. Football-type quality things are happening with the preseason kicking off. Training camp's all over. If you really want to watch some bad football, you can tune into the four preseason games and see lots of uh, unlikely-to-play players play against each other while all the stars sit on the sidelines. Um, but I'd rather look more positively. I'd like to look forward to the future and really to the regular season and how it's all going to kick off. And last year what we did was we did a breakdown of all the hopeless, hopefuls, and those teams with just one hope. Um, but this year, let's maybe do it a bit more traditionally. We're going to break it down this week and another pod in a couple of weeks' time, traditionally along conference lines. So today is all about the NFC, and then the next pod we'll do will be all about the AFC. So, Gordo, how many teams do you have in the NFC now? Uh, I think really only two. Yeah, yeah, one or two. We'll go two. Yeah, we'll go two. Cardinals and... Those Falcons. Brian's got the Falcons down here as my. So as okay, my so four Brian teams. Gordon's got two anyway teams in the NFC. Brian, you've got one that you've only supported for thirty five, thirty four years or so. Yeah, show yeah. me age again. Yeah, I'm trying to show it up as much as I can. Yeah, I tend to stick to one team. Yeah, sins. It is amusing actually because look, I mean, we're going to cover an awful lot of news as we do a team by team breakdown. But the most amusing piece of news I saw in the first week of preseason did concern an AFC team when you always thought it was painful to pay, play for the Cleveland Browns, and it was a punishment in itself, Hugh Jackson actually did punish Antonio Callaway by making him play practically the whole preseason game and said afterwards, yeah, I made him play as a punishment. So, you know, Gordon, I know you're a Browns fan. That's your t- 2018 Cleveland Browns now, that it's actually a punishment to play for them. Well, I watched episode one of Hard Knocks, and myself and Brian were having a discussion about this. And a lot of Twitter on it uh, about Hugh Jackson. And the more and more I see Hugh Jackson in the hard knocks, I'm more and more concerned about how the Browns will do with this amazing roster I think they have because he seems like a bit of a jackass. And he seems like a man that hasn't a notion what he's doing. Uh, I think there was one stage where he was having a coach's meeting and the running backs coach asked, uh, can we not have the players dressed at least out in the training sessions, even if they're not competing? Because, you know... The athletic trainers have said they need a rest. And Hugh Jackson said, no, no, it's for the betterment of the team, this, that, and the other. And himself and Todd Haley were kind of saying, well, no, it's in, it looks poor if the players aren't out there training. And Hugh Jackson goes, I used to sit in your si- that side of the table. I now sit in this side of the table. And the minute he started that, I was like, oh, God. I saw it's Haley's reaction to oh. it. I was like, I'm going to jump over the table. <laughs> oh, it was, you're, you're watching this going, are you really breaking out the, I used to sit there, but now this is my team? And then he, then he asked one of his coaches, he goes, what do you always say? It's something along the lines of, it's, uh, it's your team, you can do whatever the damn, whatever, whatever the damn you want and all this things can own. Oh, do you know, I mean, I know this is going to be an NFC pod, but I, I, there was part of me that thought the 0-16 Browns couldn't get any worse. I think they're going to try and exceed our, our miserable oh, expectations. I, I was watching the game against the uh, Giants, the preseason game, and they didn't have the stripes on the helmet. And I was thinking to myself, well, what's, what's going on there? Maybe there was just, you know, a refresh of the helmet. But then it all came, came together when I watched Hard Knocks yesterday evening. 
and they've taken the stripes off the helmets for pre-season because if you want to make the 53 you have to earn earn the stripes oh my dear God so you'll get your stripe back on your helmet if you make the 53 yeah. Do you know what? I mean, there, there are coaches that do those cringeworthy things. I mean, Belichick in his early days of the Patriots buried a game ball, or we're burying this game ball, which was a trick he picked up off Parcells back in the day. And there's all these stories. I mean, Schuler and Lombardi used to do it back in the day. But you don't do something that stupid in front of TV cameras to go out to your entire fan base in the world. Seriously? <laughs> well, it, there's even the piece where two players were clearly not listening to what was being said by a coach, and they kind of started hushing, hush. Coach sees us, it was Hugh Jackson, you know, 10 feet away. And rather than, like, you know, bollocking him out of it like a typical head coach would do and say, you know, get in there, he goes, oh, you having a tea party over there? And it was very kind of like nonchalant and just no emphasis on, well, you're not listening, so you should be listening. It was more of a kind of banter and be be part of the group. And I don't know, I think there seems to be... If, if you're um, if you're actually, you've seen it yourself, you'd be more afraid to be in Greg Williams' defensive yeah. Room. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because he, he might get a hit out. He him. was literally screaming. At and Jarvis Landry, to be fair to him, like that that piece where he's bollocking the the wide receivers was good to see. But then there's also the counterpoint that people are kind of saying is it's kind of sad that he's having to say that at the start of training camp. Yeah. Like that's a it's sad. Bad, that, that's a well. that's a bad sign when you're main, and fair. Landry looks unbelievable. Like is in in the, now. I know they're going to pick and choose the clips they put out in Hard Knocks episode one. But the man looks like he's on fire. Yeah, but without actual pads on and with, yeah, a lot, with of, no a, lot of, a lot of warm up catches for uh, Dolphins games. Like, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. He did, he did until he starts dropping them in regular season games. Like he used to he do. He does look good on but, but he, he will does, be, an, be an upgrade. Yeah, I think he'll be a massive upgrade. But unfortunately, it looks like they'll have like an upgrade in one or two positions. They might score more, but as a team, I'm yeah. I I think Hugh Jackson and also what was the other piece? The very start of the episode where he does the they ran into the lake to cleanse themselves. And it's a new year, and you're like, oh god. Well, I mean, let's just remember: Hugh Jackson has a record of nine and thirty-nine as a head th- nine and thirty-nine as a head coach. He's won one game in the last two seasons with Cleveland. The fact that Browns fans, and I'm including you in this, Gordo, might start to be cottoning onto the fact he's not that good is a little bit late. But anyway, we are not just talking about the Browns today, and we're certainly yeah. not talking about the AFC. Um, the funny thing is about the Browns is they're probably the most incompetent team in the NFC, uh, sorry, in the NFL. And the point being is, as much as people give out about the Patriots' continued dominance, how the Browns can be continually bad is almost as shocking. One of the biggest differences, I believe, is that in the NFC, you don't have that many bottom dwellers who are consistently bad year after year after year. And in fact, you've got a great degree of competition. Some divisions we'll focus on have always got different champions year on, year out. NFC East, the NFC South extremely competitive divisions with any one of a number of teams who can win it. But to kick it all off, we will leave the NFC East and the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles potentially till last, Brian. I know you're waiting for that. But let's kick it off um, with one of the more harder-nosed divisions, shall we say, in the NFC side of things. The NFC North, with a lot of traditional rivals with the Packers, Bears, Lions and Vikings. Brian, do you want to kick it off? Yeah, well... I've I've been given the Bears and two years in a row I've been given the Bears but uh, no I actually have high hopes for the Bears this year and last year I'd say they were poor probably a year in transition Mitch Trubitsky came in as quarterback and we kind of touched on the last day they kind of held back the playbook and just kind of got used to the fact that he's an NFL quarterback and they were quite restrictive they got two very good uh, running backs Howard and the rookie that came in last year defensively actually they were quite good last year but just didn't win enough games but 
they put together put points on the board. Really. Yeah, they put together a good lineup this year. I mean, they brought in a few players, Trey Burton, tight end. You you know him well, the Philly special. Philly special through yeah. the touchdown pass. You keep bringing it up, yeah. Yeah, strange. Taylor Gabe is coming from the Falcons. He's a good slot receiver. And then you've got uh, Alan Robinson's come in. Who oh, I know I know he was out for a year with the uh, Jags, but if he comes back to the prairie, he was. He should be a huge upgrade and wide receiver. They've drafted well. They brought in um, Raycon. Uh, Raycon's actually signed the contract last night. He did, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's their uh, number one pick, Raquan Smith, who's the linebacker, which yeah. they're hoping can take over from the traditional Singletary or the Laka, be a great mi- middle linebacker in all three downs. And then yeah. we haven't touched on, they've actually got a new head coach in, in uh, Matt Nagy, which was a bit of a surprise at the time because literally the season only ended for the Chiefs. They lost that playoff game against the Titans. He signed on, on the Saturday, next day. Pretty yeah. much the next day, I think maybe Monday morning. Monday morning, sorry, yeah, yeah right. He flew he, to them on the Sunday, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. And of course, every thought, okay, this is just one of a number of, of interviews that the Bears will do before making the choice. And there was conversations about McDaniels. But um, yeah, they've gone with him. And like, so far, so good. Just general reports coming out, he's, the players are taken to him. And so, I mean, do you think there's going to be a massive uptick? I mean, as you say, Trubitsky's been broken in a little, and maybe they'll open up the playbook. Nagy has to be an improvement upon Fox. And in fairness, didn't really seem like he was loving life for the last couple of seasons. Didn't really seem the right person in place. They have the good young running backs as you alluded to but the thing for me actually is the skill players wide receivers they've constantly been hurt by injury after injury losing their first round pick the last couple of years uh, uh, White, Ke- Kevin, uh, White. Kevin White to yeah. injuries and now they've you know brought in Alan Robinson who is infamous for injuries and coming Got off a another contract as well yeah and he's coming off another season ending injury with the, the Jags I mean I think is that do, gonna I, I think they'll do well I, I could see the marker on 7-9 maybe 8-8 eight eight, but the problem is it's a very competitive division there with yeah like i know we kind of underrate the lions in a sense but they still usually pick up the wins especially at home then you've got two big teams in the packers and the vikings so the bears probably another year in transition it's hard to predict to see them get into the playoffs but i certainly think they'll win and make make it very competitive in terms of they might get a few wins in the division right and speaking of their arch rivals the green bay packers gordo um you know, they're, they're run by one man at number 12, pretty much, um, even though Mike McCarthy thinks he's the head coach. Yeah, no, I think that for me, the kind of biggest thing the teams when I was looking at this was the biggest preseason um, position battles. It's kind of the one I kind of focused on for all the teams. And the big one for the Green, Green Bay Packers is the wide receiver positioning. Yeah. Um, so I think at the moment they have Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb to be the top two uh, wide receivers. But I think it was Pro Football Focus came out with the kind of stat that NFL op- office uh, – NFL offenses operate at three receiver sets more than 50% of the time. So I think at the moment it's trying to find who is that third receiver for the Green Bay Packers moving into the new season. And again, I was looking at the list of players here and Aaron Rodgers come out with some interesting quotes. So they have a whole list of about six or seven players. And the ones that seem to have stood out for them are a guy called Jake Comerow is one. Uh, and then another one called D'Angelo Yancey. Now again, pronunciation, you can question me on that one. But I think the biggest thing for Rodgers is he's kind of come out and said it's not a good start for them in terms of the wide uh, uh, wide receiver position. He thinks Yancey's really progressed. Uh, he mentions Comro, but he goes, everyone else was piss poor. And this is a quote he kind of gave what? he gave to the NFL spin. So Well, I mean, he says what he means and he expresses yeah. his feelings. But it is interesting. A lot of teams in recent times have double-dipped on a position. I know, obviously, the Pats historically did it with Gronkowski and Hernandez in the same draft. They did it with Ridley and Vereen at running back. Lots of teams, I'm not saying the Pats started this, but I'm saying lots of teams do that. When they know they've got a need, sure, we'll see, and they take things. The Packers this year triple-dipped. 
They took a receiver in the fourth round, the fifth round, and the sixth round. Yeah. Um, I'm not even going to try and say the names of some of them because oh. Equiminius St. Brown is one. Jamon Moore. Ger- Geronimo Allison. Jamon Moore. D'Angelo Yancey. Trevor Davis. Marquise Valdez Scantling. That's the one I wanted you to go for. <laughs> but the Marquise Valdez Scantling, Equinomonymous St. Brown, and Jamon Brown. Moore are the fourth round, fifth yeah. round, and sixth round picks. I'm not exactly in that order. But they, one of them you've got to hope is going to break through. Well, and when Rogers is coming out with quotes like that, that's not very helpful. Well, Rogers only naming, uh, name-checking Yancey and Jake Comerow are the only two that he's name-checking as being somewhat decent in preseason. So I think it'll be really interesting because I do think like if Devontae Adams or Randall Cobb goes down injured, you're yeah. snookered. Of course, yeah, they let Jordy Nelson go in free agency due to his injury issues. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think for quite a long time they've been very reliant on the receivers, but maybe like the running back, they haven't had a proper running back in a while. No. Like Montgomery was a wide receiver brought into running back. Aaron Jones, rookie coming into a second year, could be the breakout player for them. They need to get a running game in order to help Rodgers. Yeah. And have they done enough on defense? Really? I mean, I know the last few years. I mean, obviously there was the infamous game against Seattle where. They, they just couldn't defend anymore. Couldn't defend an onside kick. Couldn't find a two-point two conversion, um, which was their last real deep playoff run. I mean, they should always be there or thereabouts, but are they just missing that link? They brought in Mohamed Wilkerson, who raised him with the Jets. I think yeah. he went to Seattle there for a while, but um, I don't know what he's the player he was when he was at the Jets. Um, he could be, you know, he, he's an upgrade if, he, if he's the player that we remember when he played for the Jets, but the Packers defensively, just haven't been at it for a long while. No, no, no. And Mike McCarthy still year on year seems to skate by. We're not delivering the results. We're the quarterback of the quality of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and then there's also the contract thing going on. I mean, there's going to be a huge cap oh, He's going to have such a huge contract. He could set his price. Yeah. Um, we haven't mentioned the big, I suppose, elephant in the room because he's quite a big lad. Um, Jimmy Graham uh, going to them it could be a really interesting pickup for them. It's hard to know how that's going to work out because last year they were all, they were all in on Martellus Bennett going in and at the time looked like a very good pickup having just won the Super Bowl with the Pats. Jimmy Graham though was still, I know at the start initially in Seattle he wasn't but he really came back to be the player he was in, in New Orleans so yeah. you'd expect an upgrade there. Yeah. Well I mean you could argue do you really need too, many, too much development or progression from these rookie receivers or these young receivers if you've got a two wide out set and you flex Jimmy Graham out into the slot even I mean, he runs mostly wide receiver routes anyway. So. Yeah, I'm not sure he tried to get paid like a wide receiver a few years did, back, yeah. you know? The K- Capers, the uh, offensive coordinator, he's, the, or he's, the, he's gone now, so it'll be yeah, interesting to see eventually. How, how that goes. Um, Gordo prediction? Are they going to top the division? Are they going to be there or thereabouts? Uh, I think it will depend on them sorting out the wide receiver position because there's only so many bombs that Aaron Rodgers can, can throw up in the air and hope for in the Hail Mary side. So if, if they come into season one and they actually have an offense in terms of wide receiver sets that they're comfortable with, well, with Aaron Rodgers, you can never put him out of the, the so equation. So, are, are they going to win the division? Um, Let's see what you have to say on the Vikings first. Well, no, I, I, no, I don't think so. I think Vikings will probably That's the correct answer, the because Vikings the Vikings are going to win the division, yeah. who I'm going to deal with. Um, the Vikings, remarkably, probably the only team in NFL history who have got rid of the three top quarterbacks in one offseason, uh, with the nature of the way their contracts fell, with Bridgewater, Bradford, and, of course, uh, Case Keenum uh, all leaving. Um, the Vikings will be disappointed how the season ended last year, kind of going down in flames to the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC Championship game. But what they did do is they brought in the 100% guaranteed man, Kirk Cousins, with the first fully guaranteed contract of any player in the NFL. It's uh, he's above average. I'm not convinced. He hasn't led his team Mr. Consistent. to the promised land. I think he has a couple of bad games a year. And if they're the really important games, then... You know, that's not a great pickup. 
But my God, when I look at the talent they've got to work with, you know, Dalvin Cook, uh, running back, obviously suffered the injury last year, but he's a great player. Wide receivers even. I mean, Deeks and Thielen are probably the but best. Both got new contracts. They both got new contracts, but I would say they're probably the best one-two wide receiver combo. You know, if you average everything out, you know, one and two, they're one A and a one B. There aren't too many teams that can say they've got that and the there. And then Treadwell as a, as a backup there as well. Um, you know, for me, we're talk. I've talked about the talent on the, the offense. Remember, of course, they had the best defense in the NFL in 2017. They've got talent all along the defensive line. They've got great stars like Everson Griffin. They've got Harrison Smith. Um, who's Sheldon Richardson has come in as well Sheldon Richardson's come in to even bolster that further I mean Harrison Smith I was saying the safety level their linebackers were superb last year there's no real obvious weakness in their defence and they've retained the vast majority of that team from last year they won't hit the same heights on defence it's very hard to sustain but that's a scary scary defence and for me they're the class in this division Um, Cousins has to click um, yeah. But I actually think it's the first time in a long time the Packers will be chasing the Vikings as opposed to everyone in this division chasing the Pack. I would put it down to more that I wouldn't say the Packers are in transition, but there's just too many question marks around the Packers at the moment. And yeah, I think I think too many I think too many kind of roadblocks have come up in the last season or two that they yeah. haven't been able to fix instantaneously. Yeah. So I think it'd be an interesting. But I think in terms of that division, like I know we're coming onto the lines now, is in it's just an interesting look and feel. Um, to to everything that's kind of happening at the moment. Yeah, I mean the Lions, the the Lions still feel like the fourth or third best team if you wanted to rate them above the Bears in that division. They obviously gave the huge contract to Matt Stafford. Yeah. Matt Stafford is a quarterback who can make every throw in the book. He can leave the dramatic fourth quarter drives, but he does. Sorry, guys, he doesn't win the division. He doesn't make the playoffs consistently no. enough. I think I think the big the big one for the Lions is the running game, and it was it was a really interesting line that uh, Bleacher Report threw out, which was. Detroit's ground game hasn't been counted among the league's best since President Bill Clinton's second term. So the Lions last claimed a top 10 rushing attack during the 1998 campaign. And if you're Barry Sanders, I was going to say, if you're a long-term Lions fan and you remember the days of Barry Sanders, mm. that is now, galling. They, they've added Blunt, who's, fo- who's followed Matt Patricia to Detroit this year, but yeah, the, the Lions just, they, they don't come through. It'll be interesting to see how many years they give Patricia to build, because I think it's similar to what's happening in San Francisco and what happened in the Falcon in, in Atlanta, it's nothing, I don't think we can expect anything year one. Um, I think it's more about just shoring up a few bits yeah. and pieces. So. And the thing about San Francisco is the division, If you you could argue that the division is, is weaker. Like mm. Seattle are kind of in transition. Yeah. The Rams, okay, everybody expects the Rams to be the, the team this year, but you know we've seen it in the past where they just never turn yeah. up the following season. The Lions are always going to be in a very competitive division. Yeah. They are. And, and I mean, it is interesting. You just alluded to Patricia there. There's two new head coaches in this division this year yeah. um, between the Matt Nagy at the Bears and obviously Matt Patricia going in from uh, being the Patriots defensive coordinator to the Lions. I think he'll make an improvement on their defense. I also think his best move was not change around Jim Bob Coulter. Um, the Coulter. Uh, Cooter. Cooter, yeah, that's what I said. Um, Cooter, who's the offensive coordinator at the Lions there and who has a success making Stafford more increasing his completion percentage, making more accurate and better decision-making. But to me, they're still... Look, it's between them and the Bears to prop up the division, and it's between the Vikings and the Pack to lead the whole thing. And I think the Vikings, for once, are actually ahead of the Pack. But I would still expect the Packers to be challenging for a wild card. I wouldn't be... No, no, I'm not writing them off completely. And sorry, they could get on a great run. They could easily take the Vikings, particularly if Cousins doesn't um, uh, click there. But 
Yeah, they're, they'll be there or thereabouts, and they'll get nine, ten wins, yeah. I think. I can't yeah, still be going with the Vikings. To we win, s- yeah, absolutely. We'll switch now to the NFC West, because, Brian, you were alluding to a couple of the, the challenges out there, and I suppose I'll start off just talking about San Fran. Um, as you say, um, burgeoning, rebuilding, growing, um, but have they got enough is my big question here. Obviously, a great first season, uh, in some respects for uh, Carl Shanahan because while they lost uh, uh, 10 games, 11 games in a row, they brought in Jimmy Garoppolo from the Patriots for a stupid second round pick that we gave him away for. And sure enough, Garoppolo is still yet to lose a game as a starter. He was then given as much money as he could bathe in like Scrooge McDuck during the offseason when he was given a five-year contract for $137.5 million. Um, he started dating and taking out for dinner adult porn stars. I was hoping you'd bring that one up, yeah. Um, I'm sure he did. Um, and Jimmy Garoppolo... Careful, <laughs> Jimmy ca- Garop- careful, careful, careful. Jimmy Garoppolo is the face of the San Francisco 49ers in a very small period of time. But here's the problem. The San Francisco 49ers still don't have a great team top to bottom. They had nine draft picks. They're trying to build out the middle. I love, actually from a team-building perspective, what Lynch and Shanahan are trying to do. But for me, you look at the skill players, okay? You've got Pierre Garçon, Trent Taylor they're expecting a breakout, or one of their young wide receivers they're expecting a breakout from. Okay, rely on the running game. You don't really have any running game, uh, running backs of, of note there, really. The Jared, in, uh, Jared McKinnon. Jared, Jared McKinnon, I was going to say, but yeah. I mean... Yeah. Can yeah, you, you could argue he's been overpaid based on one good season. In, in like they are with Carl Juszczyk, a fullback, and then taking it to the tight end position. George Kittle, I think, is a great prospect, but he's injury prone. And he's, in, he's going into his second year now, and he's suffered another injury in training camp and preseason, which you hope he'll recover from, and it seems minor enough. But when you consider Garrett Selleck is your backup, not Brett Selleck from 15 years ago, I should say, but Garrett Selleck, I don't think that's a strong point. And... Jimmy G can do all he likes, but he's still going to have people to throw the ball to and to catch the ball. And I'm just not convinced they've got enough there on either side of the ball, to be honest. It also concerns me that Richard Sherman's brought in. He's clearly, you know, getting to a stage in his career where he's just not the player he was. And I don't think he's... He's, he has the attitude he wants in a player because he seems to be building something nice there you last don't, year. You don't think he's going to bring that veteran leadership no, and that mature attitude? I could so. say two or three weeks in and if they get a good... Going over, toys will be out of prime. Do you I, know, I, 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 I disagree. I think what he's because he negotiated his own contract, he got rid of his agency, he backed himself with the 49ers um, to have a good year. Um, yeah, he also came out saying, I'm going to San Fran because I get to play Seattle twice a year. I mean, but that's the old school, that's just the Sherman the way he is. And that, again, it's a bit of a kick in the teeth to, to Seattle, who basically didn't feel he was valued at what he put the number at. And people say he probably got a lesser deal, but what he's gone to is he's gone to a team that will play him as much as they possibly can. He's lost a bit of pace, but he's still Richard Sherman. He's still a good player. If you're Seattle, do you put Doug Baldwin on Richard Sherman? I know it's usually the other way around, but do you just say to Doug Baldwin, wherever Sherman lines up, we want you line up there, and we're just going to take bets on the first one of you to get ejected from the game. Like I mean, you know that's coming. You know that's going to be a vicious... Yeah, they expect uh, Baldwin to roast him with a few long balls on the field. Yeah, I think I think they'll they'll give it a go. Um, they also have Ruben Foster, their uh, breakout uh, rookie last year, um, now starting the season with a four game suspension. And I also want to point out, I think they've got a running liability at guard. They're going to rely upon Jonathan Cooper to deliver something. Well, their first and round pick was a guard, was a guard I think. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, Lakin Tomlinson wasn't it? And uh, he has the attributes and everything. 
But I, I think they're going to still give a starting role to, to Jonathan Cooper, who's washed out of about three teams at the moment. So I think what they're doing is the right thing. I think they're building up the depth. They've, they've got great draft uh, picks in the future years. But for all the people that have seen the 49ers and said, oh, look, they won five games at the end of last season. They're on a roll. They're going to win everything. Jimmy G is unstoppable. I'm sorry. I just don't see it. I see them six, seven wins. I see them having a bounce back year, but not breaking through necessarily. Unlike you, I actually think the rest of the division is strong enough that they're not going to be able to completely walk away. I think there's one standout team in the division this year. It's the Rams. The Rams for me, yeah. Even if you look at free agency, Brandon Cooks has come in, wide receiver. Obviously now they have three good wide receivers in Cooks, Woods, Cup. Cup was very good in his first year. Yeah. Defensively last year was probably where they fell down a bit. There was a lot of high-scoring games and they won, a, they won most of them because obviously they had a very good offense with Gordy at running back. But they've tried to resolved that in cornerbacks they brought in Marcus Pierce from the Chiefs Sam Shields from the Packers who was obviously injury prone but still on his day when he's fit he's a very good player another cornerback Equipe Tlaib has come in from the Broncos like they're bringing in experienced players it's like Wade Phillips on defence saying the offence can get us to a Super Bowl now and you could see that in the playoff game that they lost against the Falcons I think we all selected the Falcons because you just felt that the Falcons had enough experience yeah. and had been there albeit had a disastrous end to the Super Bowl enough and I think they're just looking at it now going we've got a good opportunity here We've got a. We'll utilize the quarterback in the sense that he's not being paid much. We've got a lot of. Yeah, they uh, they backed up the Brings truck for Gurley and for um, Cooks, like you say. You know, new wide receiver coming in again, eighty odd million. That's yeah. So I think they're chemistry. I think they're a real contender this year. Now, my only two queries, and because I, I tend to agree, I think they are the class, and I, I would back them to win this division if I was betting tomorrow. My only two queries, though, are number one is. Sean McVay, obviously, you know, very talented offensive coordinator and offensive play calling, etc. Um, you know, do, do they catch up with him and how he was trying to make Jared Goff comfortable last season? And my second question to you, and I'll just ask as an open question, is Aaron Donald, question mark. That defense gets predominantly worse without him and it doesn't look like that dispute's resolving. Anything I think so. it's one of those inevitable situations. I know at the moment it doesn't seem like he's coming back, but you know, come week one, he'll be there. And I think to the point you're making, if that defense gets sorted and they're not giving up as many touchdowns as they were last year, then they don't necessarily have to go score those 28, 31 points per game. They could be winning games on an average around 20 to 21 points. In the low so score. you think there was a bit of flexibility to drop down a little bit on yeah. offense, maybe? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, look, I, I, I tend to agree. The Rams are the, the class act there. Um, but there are two other teams in the division. The Seattle Seahawks, we uh, touched on briefly. They've lost Richard Sherman. They're... I don't know if they're, they're losing their way. And also the uh, uh, Arizona Cardinals, who are one of Gordon's many, many, many teams. We decided, Well, he decided last week. Yeah, no, I think it's, uh, again, I, like I said in, I think, last week's episode or the episode before, I was kind of following them all off-season, uh, just looking at where they are offensively more than defensively. Uh, and I think they're kind of, they're building an offense that's impressive enough. I think the fact that they have um, Sam Bradford as, they're potentially their starting QB if he can stay healthy. Statistically, and I know he's not your favorite quarterback, but no. statistically, he is one of the safest quarterbacks to gain new yards and get you up the field and win games. He I don't, I don't, I don't, correct the last bit. Okay, when he statistically, stays statistically, he doesn't win games. Okay, statistically, he doesn't win games, but he's making the money because people somebody seems to think that he's a good quarterback, uh, and I would put that in there. And I think he's a good one to have considering your draft pick, uh, where you've just picked uh, the name is. Miss, uh, left me now. You're the new quarterback that the Arizona Cardinals just picked, Rosen. Josh, Josh Rosen. Josh, Josh Rosen. Rosen. Um, but I think one of the big battles here, again, is wide receiver um, for the Arizona Cardinals. So, again, they brought in Greg Little. 
who again hadn't played a game since the 2014 campaign uh to compete for that number two spot just behind larry fitzgerald yeah uh and he seems to be getting on quite well he's again last like cleveland brown selected in 2011 uh, but they've also then used the high draft pick on christian kirk who played for uh, the arizona uh, college team as well is from arizona yeah. uh, and seems to be highly regarded um in terms of the wide receiver options that came through the draft this year so I think there's something, some things to be excited about. Uh, I do think a lot of it will come down to can Sam Bradford stay healthy? Um, is Larry Fitzgerald does he still have it? I think will be a very very interesting one. Um, and I, he, I think he will he will never age, Larry Fitz. Yeah, and then I think David Johnson at running back as well. Whether or not he recovers, he, he's come back fully from a, a serious arm injury, wasn't it? It was a broken four. Uh, what was it? I think it was a, an arm injury that he. I'm just trying to remember. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, he missed the whole of last yeah, wrist, season. Yeah, wrist injury. But yeah, I mean, so broken wrist I know we're focusing on offense there, and, and you're right in one respect. Obviously, they're in uh, they're in the degree of transition there, both of the quarterback position, but they're in a lot more transition, obviously, at the head coach position. You know, Steve yes. Wilkes has now come in after the retirement of uh, Bruce Arians, who, who did great things, it must be said, down in Arizona uh, for a number of years. Um, this is the ex-Panthers defensive coordinator. Is he going to invigorate the Arizona defense? And make a big impression, do you think? Well, I think he's very lucky that he's coming into a, a fairly star-studded defense already that is probably highly regarded within the league. So I think his biggest thing is trying to make sure he shapes that offense to match up with where the defense is. I think you would put the defense down as one of the very, very good ones within the league. It'd be interesting to see. Bill Graves, the Aaron up on the Burton. It'd be interesting to see what, how they come, come, come this season on defense because their defense coordinator is gone now, so... So yeah. Obviously, with the change over and head coach coming in, yeah, yeah, Steve well, Petcher, I mean, he's never the joint defense coordinator, he's gone over there. He interviewed for the job, didn't get it, so yeah. And, and, and Wilkes obviously was yeah. going to try and implement some of the mantra and some of the, yeah. the, the and, and whether or not Chandler Jones can be the game changer as well this season around. Well, Jones has always got his sack totals. I mean, when he was with the, the Patriots, he was always one of those players you'd love to have kept, um, but it's just too expensive, I think, in one respect. He will get you his hits, his pass battered down, and his sacks. Um, he just needs everyone else there. I mean, Matthew was injured last year, the honey badger Tyrone Matthew, who I think is this new age of hybrid linebacker safety. He was a great player. Patrick Peterson, obviously, is just one of probably the top five cornerbacks in the league. Yeah. Um, so you're right. They've got the talent there. But last year, it didn't click. I don't think it clicked either side of the ball. Obviously, they did suffer badly with their injuries. Um, I'm just I'm just wondering, can they bounce back? I mean, they had a tumultuous offseason as well. Um Gordo's best mate, Steve Keem, the general manager. Yeah. Obviously, he uh, he was suspended for five weeks and fined two hundred grand for a uh, a DUI um, during the summer as well. So um, they've, they've they've not necessarily got uh, all things are rosy down in uh, Glendale. There, I was fine that they struggled on the road. I don't know what it is, and I'm, not, I'm you know you probably have stats that could turn around and say no, you're wrong, but just kind of obviously to do well at home. Those games, obviously doing high score in home games. But when they go on the road, like from one week to the next, they're so different. I think particularly in the division, um, they've had an awful away record in the division the last couple of years. Yeah. Now, a lot of that has been the players and Palmer retiring and, you know, Johnson being missing. They've fallen at bad times, but you're right. Uh, they do seem to be home track bullies a little bit. Yeah, the obviously, it's just from one week to the next. You can never so what's our best estimation or expectation of them? Um, yeah, I, I'm not confident in making the playoffs this year. I think would be the way I would put the Arizona Cardinals. I wouldn't see them even close to the playoffs. I, I, I've seen them 500 team. I see an 8-8 eight eight record. 
Give and that take. might be a bit general. I mean, they finished 8-8 eight eight last year, so they could... Yeah, but are, you, if you look at the schedule, some of the games at the end of the season were against teams that were... Yeah, yeah, Look at looking looking for the next They did that the year before. They won the last three games. People were going to go, oh, here come the Cardinals. Nah. And they, but they were against teams that were season was over, so... So before we finish this division, I want to leave you with the, the enigma wrapped in a conundrum surrounded by a mystery. That is the Seattle Seahawks. The Legion of Boom is gone. Earl Thomas still won't report and still keeps begging J- Jerry Jones to come and get him. They have Russell Wilson, who half the defense seems to hate. Um, and they don't have a running game anymore either um, outside of Russell Wilson. They drafted um, They drafted a guy in the, I think it was in the second round. Actually, might even even in the fourth round. But by all accounts, he's just not picking up the system. In, yeah, in. no, that's what I mean. It's, it's, it, by all accounts from training camp, and obviously let's not read too much into training camp and preseason, but they've they've got problems. I mean, they've got Doug Baldwin. They don't have many great skill players. Um, they've lost Jimmy Graham at tight end, as we alluded to. I, I just uh, wonder, I, is it the end of the year or for transitional period? Very yeah. much so, you know. And I don't think Pete Carroll will be the one that's coming out with the other end of it to bring them back to where they were because I think it'll take two or three years and I don't know he's the oldest head quarterback uh, sorry oldest head coach yeah, in yeah. the league now and I believe so maybe not but he's uh, definitely no I can't remember his Belichick slightly older but yeah, they're but definitely the two oldest they're both yeah. over 60 so you know what the NFL was like you know it doesn't be long before they, they forget your good years and I could see if they have a bad year um, I don't see them making the playoffs not for um, long league they no, call it as yeah. much as you're not sold on San Francisco I still think there's enough of an upgrade there to see them um, at least competing for the division for a period of time, then I think uh, the Rams will pull away. So you would you would rank San Fran above Seattle and challenging the Rams more or less? I do. I, I would say interesting. So. Uh, I I think there's just too much experience on the Seattle Seahawks team to you know discount them just yet, and I still don't think the 49ers are where I hope they will become because I think what the coaching and what their general manager and John Lynch is trying to achieve is. It's really interesting to see the San Francisco 49ers could come back to a really competitive team in the future. I think this year might be a year too early for them. Um, I don't think the Seahawks are going to take as many losses as everyone expects them to. I think Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin is still probably one of the better combinations out there in the league. I think that the addition of Brandon Marshall is, you know, he's a consistent wide receiver. He brings a bit of experience. He gives you a really good number two option for, for Wilson. Yeah. So I that uh, might be a better fit for him out there than it was in, in New York. Gets away from yeah. the New York hysteria. I think, I think he's I, not doing the TV work anymore. Yeah, you know. I think we're all in agreement. The Rams. This is the Rams. Best well, it should, it this, should this be. division. We assume that yeah. there's not going to be a sophomore slump so, for McVeigh or for Jared Goff. Which so, so then it comes down to who who's taking that number two position in in that division, and I think the Cardinals probably have a little bit too much to do. I think their defense is really good, but it's just whether or not offensively they tick this year. And then I love the 49ers. I think there's something about them in, in the years to come, but I still think it's too early. I think the Seahawks could take the number two spot in this division. But can possibly not challenge him for a wild card? I'm not sure they'll I, I, don't, I don't see any wild card team coming no, in this no, division. I think it's I the Rams winning the division. The wild yeah. cards will come from somewhere else. Somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. Packers likely as, as, as one of them. So speaking of, we said about the, the Rams obviously going down in flames. Uh, not in flames, but they went down rather disappointingly, I say, to the Falcons in last year's uh, playoffs. Um, turn our attention to the NFC South and start with the Atlanta Falcons, who didn't collapse last season after a Super Bowl loss, um, but they didn't exactly shine with glee. Backed into a wild card, really, in the playoffs. Won a game. Narrowly beaten out by the Eagles. They gave a good account of themselves, but it was very much a... You'd like to look at the second half of the season rather than the first half, because in the first half, it was pretty ugly. 
comes down to that offensive coordinator that came in from Alabama. He just never seemed to pick it up in terms of what Kyle Shanahan had the year before Steve, that. Uh, Sarkeesian, Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, and uh, I mean the Falcons. Yeah, they're very strong. They've act, they got the Julio Jones contract sorted, which was done a lot quicker than a lot of people expected. Yeah. Um, but again, now you're in a situation where you're in a really tough division. You've got the Saints, who had a huge bounce back year last year, and now again, I've been talked about as possibly one of the teams that could go to the Super Bowl. The Panthers, if it's the Panthers of last year who had 11 wins, you'd expect them to be there as well. It's probably the, it's probably the division where the wild card will come out because you've got you've got three really, really, three really good competitive teams. I was going to say, you've got to remember last year, all three te- of those teams did make the yeah. playoffs with both wild cards yeah. coming out of the division. And I think it's going to be challenging again this season, although... And just worth of mentioning for all these four teams, they're out of um, their other divisions they play against are the NFC East, which is never easy, and the AFC North, which other than the Browns is not an easy division. Yeah. So I'm just, it's actually quite a strong and difficult schedule, I think, they're going to play against this well, season, which would be a change. Well, I think the big thing is, like we said, on the hot seat is star Steve, I cannot pronounce his second name, Sarkeesian. As, yes. as the offensive coordinator oh, like just, that was very Jeez, good that was that first time yeah, yeah, yeah I like that one but yeah. I think one of the big moves for them in the off season was the addition at right guard so they brought in Brandon Fusco from uh, the 49ers who started all the games last year and trying to shore up that right guard position for the Falcons this year um, I think again when you got Julio Jones a wide receiver like you have a game changer who's going to be class regardless but they have a tough opening game they're away to the Philadelphia Eagles in game one like yeah. that is not an easy game to open up your season in um, and I think it'll be really interesting to see how they get on offensively um, but I think when you have a wide receiver like Julio Jones who is the best I think he's probably even better than Antonio Brown it's strange um, sometimes you see that in the NFL I know I, I, there's just, I, I think Julio, Julio Jones is just Mr. Consistent um, we saw it last year with the, the Patriots losing the opening game to the Chiefs the, the whole I believe the hysteria around the Super Bowl presentation on the night can yeah. get to the team mm. and you know how ironic it would be the Falcons lost their, their, their last game of last season in Philadelphia and they're going back it's like they right some wrongs and, yeah yeah you know yeah. I, 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 be, I could see them win that game I, I could see them winning it but I do agree with Gordon. it's a tough way to start off the, the season but, uh, you, you, you know, you're going to have to go to Philly at some stage is it not better to get them in week one where there's a little le- level of doubt I, I tend to agree I, yeah. I you know I, it's just yeah, it's look. It's not straightforward. Well, uh, the, but I don't, like yeah. I say, all of the teams have to play for Freeman and Coleman have to deliver as well. But they follow absolutely. They follow the Eagles with two two teams in their division in uh, the Panthers and then straight to the Saints. <laughs> so like, that's a, that's a tough opening three games. Well, it, it's which, funny. Which one have you got? Any, which one is at home? Is it so both so both the Panthers and the Saints are at home, and then the Bengals at home straight after that. Like it, it they're opening fight and the Steelers away to get out of there two and two to be doing well. Well, yeah. you're assuming they'll beat the Bengals. But if they're at home on both of those so they're, they're, division they're, games, yeah. you really want to be taking those. I mean, starting three and one, really, I think they've got to be aiming for. Particularly I, 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 th- I think they need to be aiming to beat the Panthers, Saints, and Bengals. And I think that opening game is... A bonus. A bonus if they get it. So I think three and, a three and one after four games, heading away to, to Heinz Field to play the Steelers will be an interesting one. I mean, look, for me, that, that whole division still rotates around those three teams, and it's the inter-division games. Um, the Buccaneers, I, I want to just discount, although they always seem to pick up a, a strange win against one of the division rivals. It's always a division game. Like, I mean, the Patriots will never, ever um, write off the Dolphins, particularly at home, because they've given them such trouble over the years. Those division rivalries are problematic, and the Bucs will make problems. Uh, but I think they're the only people the Bucks will make problems for. I don't think they'll make a problem in terms of anything else in the game or anyone else in any other 
competition. Well, during free agency, they kind of focus on defense. Vinnie Curry came in, Jason Pierre, Paul's coming from the Giants. But then, obviously, then you have the other situation, which is James off the field, which Winston. is James Winston. Jesus. And uh, the Mr. Eaton W man. He's uh, spent the first three games, I believe. Yeah. Um, so Should be f- longer. So you're going to Fitzpatrick, your quarterback. They're away to the Saints first game. Loss. Yeah, like the spread originally when it started was like five and a half. But then obviously as the, the months went on and Winston got suspended, it's now nine and a half. So a lot of people are expecting the Saints to to walk out. out. Yeah, yeah. But again, yeah. it's a division game, so it won't be easy, but you'd have to back the Saints in that regard, yeah? Yeah. So they, like, they have improved their roster, but again, the problem is they're in such a division with three really good teams. Just can't see. They're so inconsistent. They're relying on Evans. They're giving them a massive contract. You know, it's really kind of changed the scales in terms of what's available on yeah. contracts to wide receivers. So, but I think I think the Bucks are a non-starter um, for this division this year. I think I think this could be a Dirk Kuyter's one of his final final Surprise years. He kept as, his job, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's I, a lot of talk. Like he came go. known as the quarterback whisperer, and he just couldn't. He can't seem to do it. At Winston. I think people are realizing that probably Mariota was the better pick now um, out of the well, two. Well, you of them. remember the start of last season? The Bucks were the sexy pick. They were, you know, gonna break through, definitely yeah. make wild card, definitely maybe even weren't, challenge. Because the weren't division. they? Weren't they? Weren't they hard knocks? And last they year? were hard knocks last year. It's the, it's the hard knocks curse. It's the hard knocks again. curse. Yeah. The Browns can't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they want to give it. It doesn't even work for them. Let's want to give it two extra games. And well, as I keep saying, the Browns you would think can't get any worse, but I think they're going to give it a try this year. Yeah, so can we do worse? And this uh, defense. Defensive tackle that the books have brought in Vita Vita Via. Oh, the uh, Man Mountain. Yeah, she's some punter, isn't it? Size one. Yeah, I mean, I I almost run for his money. I I I was going to say I almost want him on the uh, the the O line. You know, he could never move him. You just have to run around him in relation to. Actually, it was it was funny. um, A friend of mine who listens to the pod. Um, thank you for listening. Um, Asked me one time. He said, like, you know, you know, if you guys were playing, like, you know, what positions would you be in? Uh, and I kind of, it took me about five seconds and I kind of said, well, look, you know, you'd need a good quarterback. So we're going to talk about the Saints in a second. So Drew Brees, if we were playing with Drew Brees, you could still win any game because Drew Brees would make you look good. And I figured out that, you know, Brian, probably wide receiver, skinny, fast. He'd want skinny? To go, ish. I'm more, I'm more, ish. Ish. I know what position I want to play. What position uh, do you want to play? Punter. <laughs> I, I, I want to play tight end because I see myself as Gronk yeah. and everything. And then Gordo can play offensive line. Yeah, you yeah. couldn't play tight end. Not any particular position, just the whole, just offensive, the whole offensive line. line. The problem I'll is, you'd be, you'd be late for every... Uh, I would be late for, for every... every session, you'd be fine every week. I couldn't play for Tom Coughlin, I'd be screwed. Yeah. Yeah, you have Tom Coughlin pants now, you might get over. Right, talking about the Saints, they got their most important bit of business done during the off-season when they re-signed Drew Brees. Um, and then they had a very interesting bit of business in free agency and the draft, uh, I think. Um, in the draft, they sold their souls for Marcus Davenport. They traded up from 27th to 14th, giving up their first on the 27th, their first in 2019, and a fifth-round pick in 2018. Um, and this guy is he's raw. He's not regarded as the finished product by any manner of means. But it's interesting to see that, look, what they needed was another defensive end, pass rusher, compliment Cameron Jordan, make the dual pincer, and that's what they went out and got and said, he's the best guy, this is what we want. They were all stunned at the time because everybody assumed when they drafted up, obviously before the pick came in, that they'd done it to take in Jackson, the quarterback. Yes, yeah, yeah, to, as, as Breeze's ultimate uh, Yeah, they felt successor. it was time to find the successor and then, lo and behold, they'd taken their defensive end. It's it, It's been unusual, I would say. Um, yeah, it's such a 27 to 14. Yeah, it's, it's a big jump, but I mean, if the guy performs, that's great but he has boom or bust written all over him he's either going to be the next von miller 
or he's going to be the next uh, Vernon Goldston. It was me. a bit of a reach. He was. I, I, we wait to see. But they did make great success last year with a much stronger front four. Um, they've re-signed a couple of those guys, George Johnson, Alex Okafor as well. So they've shored up that defense, which had greatly improved last season. Um, they've brought in another uh, veteran safety, uh, this guy from the Panthers, Kirk Coleman, which can only help when you consider how they finished their season last year with the miracle play by the Vikings. It's actually taken him from within the division. He was actually with the Panthers. He, that's... Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, what I said, a veteran Panther safety. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, when you consider how their season ended against that with that miracle play by the Vikings, you would hope a veteran safety won't make the same stupid mistake. Yeah. And maybe that bit of uh, uh, experience will help. But in a bit of unusual approach, I mean, they've certainly taken back some of their mistakes. Patrick Robinson, at cornerback, who used to be with them, has come back. German Bushrod, who I only remember being a turnstile, has come back. And it's a bit bizarre in some of them, but they still have Breeze. They have yeah. the best one-two punch in camera and Ingram. They have Michael Thomas. Even the fact that Ingram's missing the first four games, um, Jonathan Williams, who's one of their uh, running backs, uh, seems to be flashing quite a lot in training camp. They and seem to be rating him to fill the gap. Their third-round rookie, um, Jaquan Smith as well, at wide receiver, seems to be doing really amazing things. And adding him to that, Michael Thomas, like you just said, and yeah, yeah. Ted Ginn Jr., who... Like yeah, he's twelve years old. He's he's still he's still there. Like great he, he's he's gonna great deep threat. That's he, the yeah, thing. But you, if Jaquan Smith comes in as that number two, that's brilliant yeah. for them on the offense. But it takes it takes a bit of pressure off Michael Thomas, who just is unmarkable. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But it might be interesting to see how the back end of their offense on running back position shakes out. I think Jonathan Williams will get in there and he'll be a good backup for that Ingram four games. But of course, Cameras there in the first instance. But they picked up a few old uh, other people. They drafted Boston Scott. Shane Vereen, ex-Patriots, ex-Giants. Yeah, went, yeah. Went oh, there. yeah. I forgot about him, yeah. yeah. yeah 11 catches in so the Super Bowl. I don't forget him. He's been injured for so long. He has. Yeah, yeah so... It's one of those uh, cheap deals, you know, prove it and see if you've still got yeah. the ability to play. Yeah. So he, he could go in and you never know, get some useful reps and useful yeah. performance. But the interesting and most important thing for me about their whole season is I think it's going to come down to the last three games because two of their last three games in the season are against the Panthers. A home and away series, and that division for me, Falcons notwithstanding, is going to come down to those two games. And, and similar enough to last year, where I think it was week seventeen, they were home to Panthers. They won that game. They end, the, then they end up playing them in the playoffs again and beating them. Yeah, you know, very similar games, high score and only one touchdown in it. So, and that brings us on to the Panthers, and they're the last team in the division. And uh, the Panthers are unusual because one year they're very bad, the next year they're very good. They don't seem to have a consistent run of two or three years, so it's hard to know what's going to come to them this year. They haven't really done a lot in free agency. CJ Anderson's come in for the Broncos. I did a bit surprised the Broncos released him, but mm. he's, he's similar in a way to Jonathan Stewart that's gone to the Giants, so I'm not sure if he's a huge upgrade on what they had. Uh, Dontre Powell's come in. You know, he's been around. Not wouldn't say he's anything special. Tory Smith has come in from Philly. He was okay. Well, Dontari Poe was going to be the big difference in the Falcons last year and yeah. didn't really didn't materialize. Really it hasn't materialized for him since you know, that last season when he left the Chiefs and the yeah. last year with the Chiefs wasn't great. So now he's becoming a bit of a player that's going around after yeah. a couple of years. So, Somebody um, trying to regenerate <coughs> him a little And then you've got Cam and he's, he's, he's his head screwed on. He's already back you know, arguing with players that have left. Calvin Benjamin came out, had a pop at him. Of course, they were playing during the preseason last week before the game kicks off. The two of them are in the... In, on the halfway line having a bit of a squabble it was all bit, you know a bit childish you know so um, I'm not sure where the Panthers are to be honest um, I, I, I don't see them make the playoffs Cam's head is the biggest thing yeah. if Cam's head could get right on the pitch or he could focus on the pitch as much as he seems to focus on he the small stuff he settled down a bit last pitch. year yeah. he did settle down last year right? who, 
so, so like based on that, who do you have as your NFC South winner? Saints. It sounds about Saints for me. Yeah, yeah I'm the yeah. same. I, I I just think if Drew Brees is as consistent as he is last year, like you know they've got a great some really interesting uh, options in attack. So yeah, I think Saints followed. Well, I think the Falcons and the Panthers will both be in the mix for a wild card, and they'll make it tough on the Saints. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't think Drew Brees is falling off the cliff. I think he's going to have another consistent season. He's going to set the yardage record, overtaking Peyton Manning this season quite comfortably. Um, And, yeah, I mean, what is it? I think Monday, the fifth week is on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football and made primetime. It was kind of like not a surprise why they were making it primetime because... You you look at his average yardage. It's probably the oh, week he's going to oh, break okay. the record. So they've kind of they've done a forecast. They've done a forecast, and I said, "Oh, that might be a good week to have them." Um, uh, but yeah, is it one of those where they'll stop the game, give him the ball, and then breathe? Do you remember that with Favre when he broke the yardage record, and with Manning? Uh, no, when Favre broke the touchdown record, they stopped the game. There was a pr- there was a video thing yeah, by Dan Marino and stopped it there a couple of years ago. Not to that extent when Peyton Manning got the record as well. You handed the ball, he gave the wave to the crowd. He had a stinger after I was going to say, but that was also the game. He was. He had thrown for four interceptions. I think he finished the game on something like four for 13. He got taken out of the game. Yeah, he did. No, he got pulled. He would finished four for 13, if I remember correctly, for about 27 yards. (laughs) And he had four interceptions. I don't think Drew Brees would have a stinker in terms of... You can't uh, say it's that same level. But that's because Drew Brees is a better quarterback. Saints to win the division Falcons for me to possibly push for a work hard. Yeah, I wouldn't write off the Panthers. I think they'll be there or thereabouts still. But yeah, definitely. But said, the schedule is a lot tougher this year for all of them, so we'll see. Yeah. We will we will absolutely. And that brings us to the final division, which I mentioned last week is the only division in the NFL to have all four teams being previous Super Bowl winners. Uh we might as well start with the, one of the more storied franchises, um, which is the Dallas Cowboys, Brian. And the Dallas Cowboys, of course, are really America's team. And they've got such a great history in the whole division. And, you know, in leading the division and leading football, one would say, uh, oh, for many, many years. Um, it's curious where they're going to be uh, as a team this year, I think. Um, they had some off-season drama. There's Bryant being cut. There's Bryant not taking a pay cut. Jerry Jones saying, well, probably not Jerry Jones, probably Stephen Jones saying, that's fine, Des, see you later now. Des Bryant's spending the summer on Twitter just constantly chirping at chirping. people. He's going to Cleveland this week for a chirp. Um, but it's it's interesting for me, Dak Prescott's sophomore slump last year wasn't as effective, but, you know, it was a remarkable breakout season, so it would have been difficult to mirror, but he's still a very viable um, NFL quarterback and can improve. Ezekiel Elliott is Ezekiel Elliott is electric, and they brought in Alan Hearns, who seems to be making a really good uh, connection with Dak Prescott in preseason and in training camp and the like, which is really important when you consider they've lost Des Bryant. Because after that, it's Cole Beasley, yeah, not, re- not really anything you say. It's yeah. tumbleweed to a large yeah. extent. Of course, you can have the young player breaking through. You can have one of the, the undrafted guys suddenly springing up in relation to it particularly that Dallas system, which does favor a good slot receiver. So you could get some uh, a new Cole Beasley, effectively like the Patriots had with Welker and Edelman and things like that before, uh, that suddenly breaks through with the, the sharpness and the quickness. But there's not a great-looking side of things, and it probably hurts Jerry Jones that his defense somehow, to me anyway, looks better than his offense. You've got real stars on defense. You've got Sean Lee, who I think now is better than Luke Keekley. I think he's the best three-down linebacker in the NFL. Jeff Heath, who's a very, very solid, very good uh, starting safety for them. 
and, and Chidobi Awuzi, who has had his moments last year, um, but proved himself to be a really good 1A, 1B type of corner. I think it comes down to whether Sean Lee stays fifth because he's such an influence on that defence yeah. and he's such a great player, but he's so into the games, he tends to go into place where he shouldn't do and then before you know, he's gone for two or three games and he, the impact on him going out games for, for Dallas is, is you, which he's just... He is without, without him, he's... But they might get a bit of a boost because the defensive line, Randy Gregory, who missed last season because of his marijuana possession, uh, he's come back and he's already making a difference there. He is a difference maker. Um, Malik Collins has just come off the PUP for them. They could have a very good D-line. But I think that's also going to be to the detriment of their O-line because I think their O-line, for the first time in a number of years, is going to be not a liability, but it's going to be weaker than it was. They're going to rely upon Cameron Fleming, uh, an expatriate probably at right guard, who's a good run blocker, not so good in pass protection. Good luck, Dak. And Chaz Green potentially gets some playtime, who looks like a human turnstile. So it's a bit of a transitional period, then. I think so. I, I'm honestly not sure what you're going to get out of the Cowboys this year. They could lock it all together and have another great season, like they did two years ago. They could just be a bit disjointed in certain positions. Too many unknowns for me. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I see it being a bit like last year. Last year was very disjointed albeit fundamentally interrupted by Ezekiel Elliott's suspension, non-suspension, actually suspended. Um, I just can't see them being the sum of the all parts, particularly considering, uh, for me, Philadelphia Eagles are the class of this division, and they're going to walk it hands down. I I, I think looking at this division, kind of on the four teams that they have, like the Redskins, I don't even think there's much point in touching on the Redskins. We'll, We'll get to them a little bit, because I think with the three teams ahead of them, and the Eagles, Giants, and Cowboys... I think the poor old Redskins have no chance this year whatsoever. Um, and they brought in Alex Smith, a quarterback, and you could argue is he, you know, he's, you know, he's similar to Kirk Cousins in the way game management. Yeah. Um, I just think they, they haven't have done much. They brought in a Robinson wide receiver from Seattle, but they haven't done very much else really. They're no. But I think I, th- I think everyone else ahead of them are just light years ahead of where they are. They're not well, a bad. They're not a bad team. Well, not the Giants. Well, the Giants finished well, behind them last okay. season. Don't. Sorry, sorry, so Brian, don't sorry. Yeah. New season, new season. Things but I think, I think on the Philadelphia Eagles, I think, uh, like, last time, back-to-back Super Bowls, Mark? Do you remember what year? What, the last, last time? The team won back-to-back Super yeah, Bowls? Yeah, it was New England Patriots in 2003-2004. Of course, yeah, you got that on the wall beside the, beside the wife's picture at home, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Bill Belichick. Covering the wife's picture. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, think, I think they have a serious chance of doing it again. I think a big thing comes down to Carson Wentz. Like, he's not fully back yet. So now the great bit of business keeping folds in the building means that they have that transition, but it's managing that when Wentz is back, he is your clear number one. How do you transition from Foles to Wentz and when does that happen? Yeah, I mean, they've got that horrible dilemma between the probably, if he'd stayed fit, should have been regular season MVP quarterback or the Super Bowl MVP quarterback. It's a tough call. It's a tough life. It's a tough life for the Eagles. But I think just offensively, they probably have the best offense in the league in terms of just some of the stars they have on it. They've got the best tight end, in my opinion, in Zach Zach Ertz. I think he's just, I think last year he had eight red zone touchdowns. I think one of the big ones was that in the playoffs there was 10 third down catches. He converted nine of those to first downs. Like That's the sort of player you want a tight end. And they ended up using their first draft pick um, this year on a tight end. Um, so it's a position that they really value and they think it's one that's going to be an important one for them moving forward. And then you can't forget, like Alshon Jeffries back. Aguilar had a great year last year. Um, yeah, great one-two punch there as yeah, well. Mike yeah, Mike Wallace is brought in. Like Just looking at J.H.I. at a running back, who, you know, he's not an all-star, but he's a good running back. And then defensively, they have some really, really good players. Derek Barnett, I just think, I think looking at their schedule as well, 
They open up the season with Falcons, Buccaneers, Colts and Titans. I think they're 4-0 as they head into Minnesota, or as they welcome Minnesota on October I, I, 7th. I think they're 3-1, but yeah. You're I, I hear Titans that win, are you? No, I'm giving the Falcons that win. Yeah, really? Yeah. First game of the season? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm going 4-0. I'm, I'm, I'm saying they're going to be 4-0, potentially 5-0 heading into New York on the October 11th. That's a Thursday night game as well. So yeah. So. Now, my only caveat on the Eagles is... And we said it at the start of last year, actually, that we said, look, the Eagles look interesting. We don't know what to expect on, on offense because we haven't seen enough out of Carson Wentz and we'll see what it's going to be. And on defense, their front seven looks really scary, but what are they going to get out of the back end? And what the Eagles did was they got every cornerback under the sun. They found little combinations that seemed to work, but you wouldn't call them elite. And you look at what the Patriots did to them in the Super Bowl and they abused the back end. Like, I mean, yeah. the, the front seven was still scary, yeah. but give them a bit of time and, and you can take there, advantage. So, from that back end. So who's going to step in? So, so, so there are two cornerbacks this year, Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby, and you've got your safeties as Rodney McLeod and Malcolm Jenkins. Well, Darby came in last year, and to be honest, at the time, they really didn't see much about that. Particular signing came in from the Bills and he's doing very well. But I, I still think an Alan Hearns can take advantage, one-on-one or in zone coverage. Yeah. I... I, I <laughs> Uh, an Odell Beckham Jr. can certainly take advantage. He's um, given us that, Rick. Yeah. So, did, I, I don't did, know. That's the only things. question mark. But they are the defending Super Bowl champions. I, think I, I would say they're a very strong bet to obviously lead that, that division, Get maybe get back to the Super Bowl again. Yeah, I think they win that division outright. I think it's it's uh, the only ones that will push them close is the Cowboys, potentially. Um, yeah. Uh, but I don't think I don't see it happening. So, I mean, just before you throw this to Brian Gould, I mean, you're saying you think the Cowboys might push them you know, a little bit. Redskins obviously on the support. Where do you have the Giants? I think the Giants are probably third in that division is you where I put them. Third? Even with Shaquan or Shaquan Barkley. Saquon. Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley as their, as their thing. I think they potentially made a mistake drafting a running back that high. I think they should have gone QB Ooh. is my opinion. I, I, like, just, I like It comes down to how long is Manning going to stay there because if... Barkley comes in and does what we all think he will do, which is get them back up into winning ways. They're not going to be in a position to draft oh, no, a quarterback no, no. again. I, I think what Barkley's going to do is suffer an ACL tear in the first. Well, that's, that's, that's a bit harsh. Mark, now. What Mark means is he he hopes he suffers. Yeah. No, but, no, but I would never hope that. I would never. But, hope but, but, but a running back's lifespan is so short. Like we've seen it everywhere. Elliot, the likes, they all have amazing years. Elliot's not as good as he's had put in the years the first year he came onto the into the NFL. Like is a quarterback would have been a better investment for the Giants is my opinion because I think they are going to get more wins than last year they are not going to be in a position again to draft a quarterback as high I, I do agree with you on that front and uh, I don't think they'll make the playoffs I think we'll hit around 7, 9, maybe 500 and I, and, I, and I think you're going to have to trade away all your picks to try and get a QB if you want to draft so one. wait a second I just want to hear this again you said you think the Giants will be 7 and 9 or 500 8 and 8, 7 and 9 yeah I wow. think we think, well you think we're going to be less than that no, I'm surprised that you're not saying you're going to go 13 and 3 no, with the division. Like, Sorry, that's what's shocking. When Shermer got the job, I was a bit underwhelmed. But having listened to him since he's taken over the job, he's the right man for the job. When you compare it to last year's head coach, anybody's the right man. But straight away, <laughs> Dave Jackson's come in <laughs> and he said, Look, where do we need to, what's the immediate fix? Offensive line has been a problem for years. The previous general manager completely didn't look at that situation. He's brought in Solder, as you know well. From yeah, the yeah, Pats. left tackle, good So we've, we've been crying out for left tackle for years. Uh, Flair's moved off the right tackle. Still not sure if that's going to be the right thing. But they brought in a, defense, a left guard from Jags who played 16 games last year. They've drafted Will Hernandez in the second round, who arguably was a first-round pick. Yeah. Odell Beckham's back with his head switched on. So mm. how, how, how long left does Manning have, do you think? Two years. 
I, and just the scary thing is, and I can actually see this happening. I can see the next starting QB for the Giants being one from that division, i.e., Nick Foles. I think at one stage, or I could see suddenly Sam Bradford making even more money in a few years' no. time. We've no, drafted it. We drafted a quarterback in the third round who a lot of people expect to go in the second round. I think he's the next quarterback. Yeah. Kyle Laletta. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's been talked about in the same kind of way that Randolph has been talked about that's gone to um, Steelers. Yeah, yeah. And they think he'll take off from Big Ben in the long run. I, I, I actually think that's not a bad call by Golda, though. Foles. Mm. Th- the Giants will be in the thing. I mean, let, let's actually... I, I'm not going to turn this to Eli hate, but I mean, Eli is a two-time NFL... Uh, Super Bowl winning MVP. Um, yeah. uh, you know, he's won the Super Bowl twice. He was MVP in both Super Bowls. He's never won a playoff game outside of that. Is he still the right quarterback or would you have rather moved on now? I mean, surely you'd accept he's below He's I below average now. I mean, he's below the bar. Can you imagine? See, if you, can you imagine there's an if element you... of doubt. Sorry, there's an element of doubt because they haven't corrected the offensive line for so long yeah. that he's literally been torn up year in, year out and yeah. he hasn't had a chance to Give him the chance to play with the players he has now. Beckham, Cody Lattimore has come in from Broncos. Looks like he's doing well. Evan Ingram looks like a, a really good tight end. He brought yeah, in, yeah, I like Ingram. They're saying Saquon is the best. I know you keep slagging, but they're saying he's the best running back to come out. Oh, he looks unbelievable. 10 years. But, but, but in running back, but again, the lifespan for running back isn't long enough to justify spending a, a number two pick on it. In my eyes, I think we're going to be looking here in five years' time and you are going to be envious of the New York Jets and Sam Darnold at their starting QB, and realize and realize we could have picked that man. Good, good. No one, no one is envious of the New York Jets. But but I, but I think that I think the Jets have found a future franchise yeah, I agree QB. With you. He's the right man for the New York Jets. I don't believe he's the right man for the New uh, York Jets. I, I think if, if he you drafted had him to now, the Giants, he still wouldn't play for at least two years. But that's the man would still get two years. But he's only nineteen or twenty, which is the ideal scenario. You would have brought him in, let him learn for two years behind Manning. And you'd suddenly have potentially a straight-over transition to a top-tier QB, uh, similar to the Garoppolo situation. And all of it comes down to, as well, is the general manager, in my opinion, is late 60s. He's had a cancer scare mm. during the summer, so he's yeah. only, he come in for a mission. But he's probably thinking, he comes across the kind of guy that thinks, I don't really care who the next general manager is. He can deal with it. I'm here for three years. I want to try yeah. compete for three years. If someone wants to worry about Manning in three years, that's so that's Mike Tannenbaum with the New York Jets burn the whole place down. They so burn right. the whole. T- in fairness, he's a lot better. We've yeah. seen a lot better from than what we've seen out of Jerry Reese. He just completely ignored the fundamentals. You know, defensive yeah. line, offensive, offensive line. line. He's coming straight away. It wasn't about wide receivers. It wasn't about getting Beckham's contract, which was all the talk. It was about let's correct the problem. Let's keep our quarterback stood up. I just think out of a, a QB class where potentially the Browns, um, the Jets, the Bills. And the Cardinals have potentially found four franchise QBs for the Giants to turn that down at pick number two is just madness, is my honest opinion. I think if those four QBs become franchise QBs and everyone's saying next year's QB class is not that exciting, I think they've missed a trick. That's my opinion. Uh, but, 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 but they're going to what you just said there, the win-now mentality, yeah. which is what Barkley brings. Yeah. There was also a conversation I had with Mark very early on around draft time was that I felt the Giants, because it was so... So, so much needy teams to get up to one, two, three to get a quarterback. The Giants could have slipped down to seven, easily picked up a second round, pick off someone, got a quarterback, and then had. I'm sure, Rosen fell to to the Cardinals at what pick six, six or seven? Ten. Ten. Sorry, ten. Because uh, Josh yeah. Allen went at seven. To Josh the Bills. Allen went at seven to the Bills. But look, so. you don't know what way it's going to work. And but the Giants said that when they got, they, that question was put to Gettleman on the night, and Sherman he said no. 
our decision was made weeks yeah. ago. We knew straight away. We didn't even... They said the only yeah. reason why it took so long for the pick to be announced was TV. Yeah. They need to keep it running. They had the NFL Network guys chatting. The pick was in within, within 50 seconds. Yeah, so as I think... As soon as the Browns pick was in, they were lined up, yeah. ready to go. But anyways, that's, that's my only concern. I think the Giants may have made a mistake, but I think... Yeah, I, I, I think this year it's the Eagles... We'll find out in a few years. Barkley could put you ahead of the Cowboys if Elliot doesn't have yeah, a great I was year. Say this year. I think we'll come second division, but I think the Eagles will win the division comfortably. Yeah. So I'd say we'll be around eight and eight, seven and eight, seven and nine. Sorry, and I think you're looking at around twelve and four for the Eagles, give or take. Okay. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. I think the Eagles are going to walk it, but it is the NFC East, and every year for the last ten seasons, I believe, there's been a new division, division winner. winner there's been no repeat for a long long time you've got to bear in mind everybody will be out everybody will be out to beat the Eagles yeah. as well yeah yeah of course yeah. they will of course they will but I actually think we're going back to Andy Reid days I think it was the Eagles back to back or something was the last repeat yeah, division winner was, it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, that, it's that long ago um, but gents look I mean it's been great talking it's been a long episode I must say um, one parting thought I want to leave you with if you haven't seen it already and to all our listeners is please look up a photo of Andrew Luck in training camp at the moment he is the new 70s porn star um, and that will be great and equally um, on one key parting note I want to give our best to uh, Brian who will uh, hopefully in due course be welcoming Eli Manning O'Leary a new addition to the family tomorrow yeah. actually yeah. so just he just hasn't told the wife about the name yet yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think, I think that's his name. When he gives control of the birth certs, is going to be Tomorrow's the key thing. Tomorrow's D-Day. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, all the best to you for all the hard work you're going to have to do in relation to giving birth and uh, and dealing with all that. And you know. that's why we'll have a break for a few weeks before we do the AFC games. Exactly. I'll be, be out of bounds. Brian will be away on paternity leave for that. But before the season starts, we will come back to finish the second half of our season preview and we'll break down the AFC teams and also give an update on any brand new news and developments as they've occurred. Uh, we'll also be closer to cut uh, down time. So we'll be seeing some of the more dramatic cuts and changes and switches around the league as they occur. Hopefully, Belichick doesn't decide to trade one of our starters for his first-round pick this year uh, in this regard. Well, we did our Super Bowl picks last week as an early piece, but we'll also close off next week. We're closing out our final predictions around Super Bowl after we've done the uh, divisions with the AFC teams. Um, but until that next time, which I said will be a couple of weeks away, and the very best of luck to Brian in the meantime, um, and especially to Lindsay, um, <laughs> it's going to be uh, goodbye from the guys here. So, Gordo, thank you very much for your time. Goodbye. Uh, thank you. Brian, goodbye and good luck. Thanks very much, guys. And from me, it's goodbye. Take it easy.